Welcome to People's Church radio program. If you find this broadcast to be helpful, please let us know. You can call us at 780-539-0572 or email mail at peopleschurchgp.com. Our leadership team decided that we were going to start 2022 off with a bang, and as you may have noticed, we entitled our series, Take It Back. We want you to take your life back in any areas where you may have lost ground. I'm talking about reclaiming areas that have been stolen from you by things like anxiety, fear, isolation, loss, broken relationships, self-centeredness, those types of dream robbers. We were never meant to be just coasting along in life. We were meant to be warriors, to be difference makers, to be restorers. We were meant to thrive and not merely survive. And if we want to take a hold of this type of life, it always begins with a dream. We've been talking about dreams the last three weeks. Accepting and receiving God's dream for our lives. So just to recap briefly, week one we discussed where and how to recognize these dreams and how to begin the right process to start building our lives to fulfilling them. Last week, we talked about how our past doesn't define us and our past doesn't disqualify us from living out God's dreams for our lives. And it certainly doesn't control our future. God has no plan B for our lives even when we make mistakes. Instead, he provides for us a path forward that uses and encompasses all of our choices. Past, present, future, good, bad, and ugly, right? Even our evil choices can be used by God for our good. We are free from past mistakes to live out God's dream for our lives. And trust me, he has big dreams for you. How those play out is going to be between you and him. But hopefully throughout this series, you're finding a little bit of direction, a little guidance on how to approach these dreams. Now here's an important truth about achieving them. It ain't easy. It takes work. It takes hard work. If it were easy, everybody would do it all the time, right? It's painful at times. It takes sacrifice. For example, has anyone here ever worked out in a gym before? Anyone at all? What's the goal for working out? Did I hear gains? (laughs) Usually to cut some fat and gain some muscle, right? To increase strength. So how does that work? You just show up and have a seat on the bench for an hour? And then you're done, you achieved your goal? Our youth pastor, Ethan, he swears by this practice. We keep telling him, Ethan, you actually have to lift the weight. Maybe he'll listen to one of you guys. You have to put in the work. You have to hop on the treadmill. You have to lift some weights and work some muscles. And it can be really painful. And I know this saying or cliche has been overused, but no pain, no... Right? It's absolutely spot on. Okay, how about a financial dream? Looking at a new vehicle or wanting to take a trip somewhere or whatever it might be, what's more painful? Throwing it on the credit card for instant gratification 
or putting processes in place where you're passing up on other expenditures in order to save enough, enough money to pay up front? That's a good question. It may be painful at first, but in the long run, paying cash is way better than getting into debt and having to pay interest. Painful nonetheless, though, because you'll probably have to pass up on some purchases you'd like to have, right, in order to save up. There's sacrifice involved. Any dream worth striving for takes some sort of struggle to achieve. This is especially true for God's dreams for our lives. Think about it. When's the last time God had something for you to do and he just sort of plopped it in your lap? Here you go. You don't have to do anything. Just sit there and I'll turn you into the person I've called you to be. When's the last time that happened? It's never happened. It doesn't happen. Remember in week one when Pastor Nelson taught us that in order to live out God's dream for our lives, we we first have to become something new. We have to become something in order to achieve the dreams. God has to change us from the inside. We have to grow into the person who can achieve the dream. And as I said earlier, it doesn't come easy. It comes with struggle. That's the process we're going to look at today. The process of becoming. I think many Christians throw in the towel because all of a sudden things get hard as if they weren't supposed to be that way. Have you ever thought that maybe things are supposed to be difficult? Years ago, when I was fairly new to the Christian faith, I had it out with God one night. And I'm sure I've shared this story with you guys before, but it really fits here. I was at a low point in my life, and because I knew that I wanted to be a Christian, that is, I wanted to live a free and thriving life for Christ. That was the dream that I was after. That was the dream that God had put in my heart. But I was just completely stuck. I was living two different lives. My party life with my non-Christian friends and then my Sunday morning life. And for years. This wasn't just like a few weeks or months. This was years. I eventually crashed and started blaming and questioning God. I felt so bad inside I had been stagnant in my faith and nothing was getting better. As a matter of fact, it only seemed to be getting worse. (laughs) Some of you are like, hey, you're talking about me. So I said, God, where have you been? I've been here doing all these things you say I shouldn't do, and I know they hurt me, but where have you been? If you're so mighty and powerful, why haven't you stopped me from doing these things? Where are you? Do you know what his reply was? And it was more of an impression in my mind and heart than anything else. He said, Brent, I've already done everything for you. Now it's up to you to choose me. So, I made God a deal that night. He's so gracious. I made him a deal that night. I said, if you really are who you say you are, God, I'll give you my life the best that I know how. But you got to help me. I need to change. I can't keep going like this. I need your help. And you know what? He helped me. He didn't like zap me with lightning, you know, like, oh, you're changed all of a sudden. No, I, I just started making different choices. 
I started making harder choices in my life. Stop taking the easy way out. I stopped just expecting God to change me and started putting in the work. I entered the struggle. And he met me. And he honored me. And he blessed me. He has blessed me. I'm still in the struggle today. Still in the struggle today. God will often make you aware of a dream, but that's when the hard work begins. Coasting gets us nowhere. If we look at the Bible, we can take anyone, really, any character, any story, any life, and use their life as an example in this process of struggling for God's dream. Joseph, that's an easy one. He had dreams about his brothers and father bowing down to him. You guys remember that? A little while later, what happened to him? Sold as a slave, thrown in prison. Why? Well, that was the struggle. God gave him a dream, and then he had to enter the struggle. God had to refine him internally to be able to grab a hold of the dream. It took years and years between the initial dreams and the actual realization of them down the road in Egypt. God put him through a process of becoming who he needed to be. Peter, we talked about him last week. Jesus told him after he repented and was restored, he would be a shepherd for God's people. So he gave him the dream. Then what? All of a sudden, the denial happened. Peter blew it big time. He had to struggle through pride before he took hold of God's dream for him. You guys remember a man named Gideon? He was the weakest guy from the weakest family from the smallest tribe in all of Israel. An angel approached him one day while he was scared and hiding from his enemies. And the angel addressed him this way. Greetings, mighty man of valor. What? What was he doing? He was telling Gideon God had a big dream for him. Much bigger than being tiny, scared, and hiding. Gideon then had to struggle through several huge battles with fear and anxiety to finally live out and realize that dream. We could go on and on with examples like these, but the struggle that I want to focus on this morning is that of a man named Jacob. This guy struggled all his life with people, his brother, his dad, his in-laws, but one of the most notable struggles he had was a physical one with God himself. He, was lit, he literally had a wrestling match with God. So we're going to read together from Genesis chapter 28, verse 11 to 22. And this is where God originally gave Jacob the dream. And the dream was the nation of Israel was going to be birthed through Jacob and his family line. It reads like this. When Jacob reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. He found a smooth stone for a pillow and laid down to sleep. Then God gave him a dream in which he saw a stairway going from earth to heaven. Jacob then went on to form a band called Guns N' Roses. <laughs> but Jacob's ideas were too out there for the roses, so Slash booted him from the band. Jacob then joined the struggling and much less lesser-known band Led Zeppelin. 
where he was able to explore his artistic creativity as freely as he wished. The song Stairway to Heaven was then born, and the rest is history. (laughs) Marcel would have liked that one. He's a huge Led Zeppelin fan. He saw a stairway going from earth to heaven, and the angels of God were going up and down the stairs. And at the top of the stairway was God, who said, I am the the same Lord of Abraham, your grandfather, and of Isaac, your father, and I'm going to give you and your descendants all the land on which you're sleeping. That's the nation of Israel. And your descendants will spread all around the world. That's the Jewish nation. And all the peoples on earth are going to be blessed by your future generations. Now God promises in this dream, I'm going to be with you, and I'm going to watch over you wherever you go. But one day, I will bring your people back to this land. And this actually happened. This came true. That prophecy was fulfilled in 1948, when the nation of Israel was established and the Jews came back to the land. Now, when Jacob woke up, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place, and I wasn't even aware of it. Then he was afraid, and he said, this place is awesome. It's the house of God, the gateway to heaven. Early the next morning, Jacob got up and took the stone he'd used for a pillow, and he stood it upright as a memorial marker, like a pillar. And then he anointed the stone with oil and he named the place Bethel, which means house of God. Then Jacob made this vow to God. If you will be with me, I'll honor you with my life and I'll give back to you a tenth of all that you have given me. That sounds like kind of the deal I made with God. I'll give my life to you, but I need you. I need you to help me. And that's one of the early examples of the principle of tithing. He's saying, I'm going to give you 10% of what you bless me with as an act of worship. Because he recognized everything comes from God anyway. So God blessed him, and he lived happily ever after, right? No. This was really only the beginning for Jacob. Jacob had some growing to do before he could fulfill the dream uh, that God had given him. He wasn't mature enough to handle it yet. He had to enter into a process that you and I still have to move through today before the little specifics and details of God's dreams are revealed to us. And the best way for us to mature, pain, struggle, toil, the fun stuff. I'm just full of these cliches this morning. Whatever doesn't kill you only makes you stronger, right? In this case, when we're going through the struggle of attaining God's dreams for our lives, it's absolutely true. There will be pain, there will be hard work, there will be sweat, there will be struggle, but it's all necessary to transform us into someone who is able to handle the dreams. This type of struggle consists of four phases. The first phase we'll discuss is the crisis phase. If you have your outline, you can go ahead and write this down. I struggle with God and others. Are you in a crisis right now? Are you going through the ringer? Are you struggling in a relationship? Struggling financially, emotionally, mentally, maybe with your physical health? I know it's hard, but chances are God is trying to get your attention to begin preparation for a big dream. It might not make sense. But he's not far from you. He's actually very much near you in this time. 
The background on Jacob was that he struggled with his twin brother Esau their entire lives. The Bible says they even struggled with each other in the womb. Imagine what that would have been like, you poor ladies. The story is that Esau was born first with Jacob holding on to his heel on the way out. When they were much older, Jacob swindled Esau out of his family birthright as firstborn son, which guaranteed him a double portion of inheritance and the role as family leader when their father died. After that, he deceived their blind father into thinking that he was Esau so that their father blessed Jacob instead of Esau. This type of blessing was an oath, much like a binding contract in today's world, where the father would hand off the official birthright to his son to lead the family. This blessing was irrevocable. This caused huge strife and division in the family. Jacob actually had to flee to a distant land to escape Esau's plot to kill him. This process of struggle that we're going to look at today happened years later. And it was the day before he confronted his brother for the first time since he manipulated the family blessing and stole what was rightfully Esau's. He was going to have a face-to-face encounter the next day and he was scared to death because last he heard Esau wanted to kill him. So he's got conflict with his brother. Maybe you've got some conflicts in your life, within your family even. But the interesting thing is Jacob's bigger conflict was with God. You see, God was the one who brought it all to crisis stage. God had led the brothers to this point of confrontation. God's very much a part of all of these things. We often think bad things just happen to us. No, God is very much involved. This particular struggle takes place starting in Genesis chapter 32. So let's read verses 22 through 25 together. It says, That night Jacob sent his family across the Jabbok River. Then Jacob was left all alone in the camp, and a man came and wrestled with Jacob all night. Now we find out this man is actually God. This isn't Hulk Hogan or Razor Ramon, Chico. You guys remember him? And this wasn't a three-round match either. This was all night long. Hosea chapter 12 verse 3 says, Before Jacob was born, he struggled with his brother. When he became a man, he even fought with God. So how does this apply to you today? Well, wherever you're in crisis mode with people in your life, your struggle is actually more than likely with God, not people. God might just be pinning you down, saying, do you give up yet? Are you still trying to control things? Or are you going to surrender them to me? Are you going to forgive that person? Are you going to own your own part of this? Or do we just have to keep wrestling here? Have you ever been impressed with how much pain you can tolerate? You may have heard the saying, God whispers to you in pleasure, but he shouts to you in the pain. A crisis situation is something designed to make the pain stronger than the discomfort or fear of change. 
until we've got no choice but to turn our wrestling match, turn to our wrestling match with God. So the second phase in our struggle to take back the dream God has for us is the commitment phase. Okay, the crisis phase, now it's the commitment phase. God tests my faith in his promise to bless me. This phase hit me like a ton of bricks, and and here's why. Even as one of your shepherds here at Peoples, one of your pastors, I don't have it all together. I'm just as human as you. I've been trying real hard over the past two years to lead well and be strong for the people I serve. In my family, in my friend circles, and here at church in my ministry. Trying real hard. Just struggling and wrestling hard. Unfortunately, it's mostly me wrestling with people or myself. This was like a breakthrough moment for me. I didn't know what the solution was, but I knew things needed to change. Then, not so long ago, one day, I met with Pastor Nelson about this series, Take It Back, and we discussed this very theme, the struggle behind every dream. And I thought, when's the last time I struggled with God? When's the last time I wrestled with him? When's the last time I said, no, God, I'm not going to stop asking and pushing for you to change me. I'm not going to go into any meaningful situations without first making sure you're with me, without grabbing a hold of you and not letting go. And the sad truth is it had been a while. I mean, I haven't abandoned my faith or anything. I just haven't thrown myself into that wrestle with God like Jacob did. So check this out, Genesis 32, verse 24 through 26. It says, Jacob wrestled with this man, or God, until dawn. When the man saw that he couldn't win the match, he struck Jacob's hip and knocked it out of joint at the socket. Another version says he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of its socket. Then the man said, let me go for it's dawn. But Jacob panted, I won't let you go unless you bless me. Okay, hold up. The man, or God, saw that he couldn't win the wrestling match? I'm pretty sure the one who just has to touch someone's hip and knock it out of the socket wins every wrestling match. I mean, this is God Almighty we're talking about here. Unless there was more to it than just a physical wrestling match at play. Let's look at how these verses are worded. It first says, Jacob wrestled with this man until dawn. It was Jacob initiating the match and keeping it going. Not God. It doesn't say God wrestled with Jacob until dawn. Jacob wrestled with the man. Now God knew that the dawn was coming and that Jacob had to get going in order to meet Esau. So he even gave Jacob an out. Let me go. It's almost dawn, Jacob. You have to go meet your brother. You better get going. And here's where Jacob had probably the most honest moment with God he had ever had. I won't let you go until you bless me, God. I won't let you go. Every other time I've gone about this sort of thing, I've done it on my own. I've swindled, I've cheated, I've even lied to get it. Not this time. You'll have to wrench more than my hip out of place to make me leave here without your guarantee that you will bless me. That you will be with me. 
that you will save me. That the dream you gave me will come to pass. I'm tired of cheating. I'm tired of lying. I'm tired of being afraid and running. Now, I don't know about you, but this is what I want from God. I'm so tired of trying to achieve dreams on my own and the pain that comes along with that that I'll take a pop tip and a limp to have God Almighty be my God and shepherd in realizing these dreams. God wants to know that you're not willing to let go of him no matter what. The next phase, we call it the confession phase. I admit that I am my biggest problem. Genesis 32, 27 says, the man asked him, what is your name? As if God didn't know his name. My name is Jacob, he answered. Now Jacob meant deceiver and manipulator. It was right in his, in his name, in his identity. <clears throat> so if God were to ask you right now, what would your name be? Are you like Jacob? A cheater, a manipulator, a swindler, or maybe a controller, a gossip, an addict, arrogant, resentful, or bitter, greedy, burning with lust. I'm not here to point fingers. We're all a Jacob in some way. And in order to move into the last phase of the struggle, we need to be willing to admit that whatever character defects we may carry, this is the hard part. Whatever character defects we may carry, we have selfishly guarded them as tightly as we possibly can. As if to give them up would be to give up our name or our identity. I admit that I am my biggest problem. The confession phase. I'm gonna invite the band to come up um, as we get to the final phase here. After I've moved beyond the crisis phase, the commitment phase, and the confession phase, we come to this. If I want to succeed in the struggle to take back God's dream for my life, I enter the conversion phase. God gives me a new identity and a dream. Genesis 32, 28 through 30 says, Then the man said, Your name will no longer be Jacob. Instead, you will be called Israel. Then God blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God face to face. The name Israel actually means prince with God. Prince with God. This guy went from deceiver, manipulator, to prince with God. When you follow this process, and don't let go of your faith in your struggles with people and God, he will absolutely meet with you and reveal himself to you. And he'll change your name every time. Each time you enter into a struggle with God and you don't give up no matter what, you may limp away from it, but you'll have a new name. Every single time. And your new name unleashes your new dream. Without your new name, your dream isn't new. Your new name might sound something like this. Brave. 
success, mature, overcomer, warrior, courageous, victor, light spreader, truth teller, encourager, loving spouse, loving mother, loving father, and on and on and on. God has a pile of names that he would like you to take a hold of. So we've talked about the struggle, the hard part, the pain, the wrestling match. I want to use this song that these guys are going to sing um, to remind you of the softness, the kindness, and the reality of the safety net that Jesus offers us when we're having a tough time pushing through. Because it can be really hard. But he's always cheering us on, ready to refresh us and give us another night to wrestle with him. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. You're going to have struggle. It's going to be hard. But the choice is yours. You want to struggle with God or you want to struggle without him? Let's stand together. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone belongs to Christ, they are a new creation. The old things have gone, everything is made new. He's got a new name. He's got a new name for you. Don't be quick to throw in the towel. Let's pray. If you're here and you've never received Jesus Christ to be your personal Lord and Savior, then I'm here to tell you this morning, you're in the wrong struggle, friend. You've been struggling against God, but you've also been struggling without God. If you want to receive life and life to the fullest, then you need Jesus. He is the author and the creator of any dreams worth struggling for. So if you'd like to receive him into your life this morning, you might say something like this. You can borrow these words and pray in the quietness of your own heart between you and God. He can hear your thoughts. He can hear your prayer. All right, Lord Jesus, I've struggled long enough on my own. I'm surrendering to you. Like Jacob did, like Brent says he did, I'm choosing to give my life to you the best I know how. I'm choosing to receive you as my personal Lord and Savior, to trust that you died on the cross for my sins. And Lord, by faith, I'm believing that now I receive eternity, eternal life, because of the blood that you shed for me. Come into my heart, cleanse me, forgive me of my sins. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now, let's pray as a church. Lord God, remind us this morning that the struggle is good and it is worth it. Who doesn't have scars anyway? A limp is nothing compared to missing out on taking back the dreams that you have for us. So Lord, this morning we thank you that life is not easy. We thank you that sometimes it hurts. We thank you that we have to choose to hold on to you no matter what. It makes it all the more worth it in the end. 
So Lord, I pray that you help us to become the people you want us to be from the inside out. Give us our new names. Give us our new dreams, Lord. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, Amen. Thank you for listening to our program. If you find this broadcast to be helpful, please let us know. You can call us at 780-539-0572 or email mail at peopleschurchgp.com.